It's rare for someone to capture our hearts as quickly as this week's guest did. I mean, I'm smiling just thinking about him. The minute we met, I fell in love with him. And after stealing the show as Eric on the groundbreaking sex education that you can see on Netflix, he's continued to make waves both on and off the screen and stage. He's known for his powerful performances, his hilarious posts on social media, but I also wanted to hear about the places that contributed to them. Welcome to This City, the podcast that reveals the stories, hidden gems and certified spots by some of London's most recognisable names. And this week I'm joined by Nshuti Gatwa. Nshuti Gatwa, hello. Hello, hello, hello First hi. things first, let me be a good West African uh-huh. and see if I've pronounced your name properly. Nshuti Gatwa. Yes. That is correct. Now I know... <laughs> I'm from Ghana, you are from Rwanda, but uh, still, yeah. i got to put some respect on your name. Do you know what I mean? We've got to look out for each other out in these African streets. That's it? Yeah, no, you pronounce it perfectly. Okay. Shooty. That's the way that I grew up pronouncing it in the way that I now have it pronounced. But my mum, <laughs> I did like a whole Instagram story yeah, about like, this is how you say my name. It's shoot like a gun and then E on the end. Like, you know, I know that the, the spelling is difficult, but you lot need to get it right. And then my mom called me being like, what? <laughs> she was like, what? That's not how you pronounce your name at all. She was like, you pronounce it in chuti. Like you, apparently you say the N. But I was like, I'm very grateful that you took 26 years of my life <laughs> to tell me how to pronounce my own name. Okay, well, Shuti, welcome to... <laughs> My podcast, it's lovely to have you here. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. So the whole point of this thing is talking about the city we love, mm. the city we both call home, London. sweet, sweet London. Mm. Um, now, London isn't where you've always lived. And I just want to know more about your journey here, like how you got here, but most importantly, why you stay here. So I was born in Rwanda, born in Kigali, left at about age two, and things started to get a little bit heated and came over to the UK and grew up in Scotland which I feel like some people don't know like my accent kind of comes in and out if I'm if I'm around other Scottish people then it's like full force right but or like when I'm when I'm trying to be serious some for some reason like Scotland just comes out but when the iron brew hits like when the iron brew hits (laughs) yeah Do you know what I mean? Wished. You got to tell people to hold the wished. Yeah, so I grew up in Scotland, in Edinburgh mostly, and also Dunfermline, which is like a town in Fife, just outside of Edinburgh. So from Rwanda to Scotland, that's quite, I would imagine, quite a culture shock. Yeah, well, I mean, I came to the UK when I was, like, all I remember is Scotland and all I remember is the UK. But I think, like... I definitely still felt like culture barriers, obviously, like growing up in Scotland, it's not the most multicultural places. And at times it wasn't the easiest of places to be a black man, a black boy um, there. It took my mum a little while, but now she's like so obsessed. Like she voted independence. Like she, we need to be free from those English people. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> like they're shocking. They don't accept my money when I go down there. She tells me a really funny story about when she like came to Scotland. Um, and it was like when we came to Scotland and it was Guy Fox night mm-hmm. and I had fireworks going off. And like she was like so shook. Like none of us were allowed to leave the house. That like, she was very, very scared because she was like, I've just left one war zone and I've came, like, she thought that it was like, what, she thought it was like guns going off or something. And I was just like, I can't imagine what it must have been like for my mum 
to come to Scotland, to the UK, like to a completely different culture, language, with like three kids on your back and nothing else. And then just like start life. But I mean, we've got immigrant parents. We know that. They're like the heroes. They really are. They really are heroes. Immigrants are heroes. They are indeed. And and look, you made an extra journey. So Scotland was your home. Yeah. Until what, 2014? Until 2014, yeah. And then you decided upon London. So tell me what made you want to move want to move here? So I had to. <laughs> um because I got a part in a West End show down here at the No Coward. It was called Shakespeare in Love. And yeah, I think I'd been wanting to move down for a while anyway, just because as an actor, London is it's got the most opportunities for you as an actor and for you to progress your career to where you, where I wanted to progress it to. London seemed to me to be the only viable option. So I went to drama school at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland and I got signed by my agent when I was at drama school. They're London-based and only London-based. And so they have been trying to get me down for ages. Um, and I was just like, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And then like people were offering me jobs from like, like in the Highlands, in Manchester. And so I was like a bit of a, when I finished drama school in 2013, I was a bit of a nomad for a bit and just like traveling around and like coming down to London for auditions and eventually got that role and then had to move down. You had to. Before, before you moved, what was your perception of the city? Like what was the London that you were sold? What did you imagine it to be? Oh, just a magical place full of magical people of all sorts. This city is great to be a tourist in. Like there's so much to do. You don't even have to be anywhere special. You just need to go out your house and you'll see something exciting. There's always something going on. And so like I would come down quite a lot for like like I had friends down here, so like uh, just like social events, like birthdays, going to the club, like whatever it was. And I just was always just so wowed by like how multicultural London is. Like London is so, it's just so multicultural. Like there's everyone here. And I was used to being the only... The only black in the, <laughs> the village. The only black in the village. <laughs> like I was, I, growing up, I, like at one point I was like, I think I might be the only black person in the world. Like how, <laughs> is there anyone else? So to come down to London and just, you've got clubs that like, just full of black people. Like you've got areas of London that are just, you won't see one white person. <laughs> like it's just so multicultural that I thought, wow, this is amazing. And it was just so big as well. It's just so go, go, go. I just thought of it as like, just, I thought it was magic. Even architecturally, like you walk around Piccadilly, like you walk around Central, like I was always in Central for additions and stuff. And I, I would look up and look at the architecture and just be like, wow, like it's quite a sight to behold if you've not grown up there and you go there for like the first time. Is London is quite a sight. Did you find that you you adjusted quite well to like the speed and the pace? Do you think it suits your character well or did it take you some time? It took me about a week to adjust and then I felt like I was a full, full on Londoner. That's quick. It was quick. That's very quick. It was quick. I feel like I, it had to be quick though because I was working. Like I moved down here and I was instantly working. So instantly like you had to get on the tube, you had to get on the bus, you have to figure out your routes. You have to just like be a Londoner, I guess. Like, I don't know. I feel like I just settled in quite quickly, but it wasn't, for that initial week, it was a shock. Bruv, like getting on, oh my God, getting on the bus. 
Like, <laughs> well, tell <laughs> me about your route. So, where were you living? What bus were you getting? Oh, I was. Yeah. So, I lived in Hackney. I, so, I moved down to London and moved into a flat with four friends in Clapton Pond in Hackney. And I would get the number 38 bus all the way into town. I know it well. Do you know it well? I yeah. Do. I'd get the 38 from Clapton Fund all the way to where would it where was its final destination? Well, anyway, I'd get it to less I'd get it to like Leicester Squareish area. So you get off at maybe Shaftesbury Avenue. Get off at Shaftesbury Avenue. Okay, so it's like the Curzon Cinema. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, Fine. okay. So now we're talking. Okay. So get off <laughs> at Curzon Cinema and then walk across to No Cowards. Yeah, that was my route and that was my journey. And yeah, Hackney was like my first home. Yeah. Hackney is somewhere that you're still sort of based close to. Yeah. What what was it about that area that made you gravitate to? Because you could have gone to any of the ends. You could have gone north, south or west. So what was it about Hackney that you thought, okay, I'll move here with four friends? I think I just liked Hackney's vibe. Like, I liked that it was still like just a bit, the them times, not anymore. But like (laughs) them times was just still a bit like rough around the edges. It was cheap. (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't afford London prices them time so I was like it was cheap and London is so big as well that I didn't want to kind of live with like um just like random people like I, like I need to know who's going to be in my bathroom I need to know who's going to be in my kitchen I, I need to know who's like going to be opening up my drawers like <laughs> uh, like what are you doing clothing in that, drawers. that shower clothing, clothing drawers clothing and, like, drawers just to be clear yeah clothing drawers yeah okay yeah, yeah. that sounded a bit contentious <laughs> no oh sh- Sorry, yeah, no, it did, didn't it? No, not drawers. <laughs> no, I actually it. meant like kitchen drawers. Okay, okay. Like, don't steal my food. Food yeah. is very important to me. So don't be stealing my seasonings, none of my <laughs> sauces, um, not like none of my food you can steal. How did you get to know the area? Like, were you going to a particular cafe on the weekend? Was there always a spot you go get your laundry done? Like, were there any particular spots in Hackney that just became your regular spot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's close down now, but there was a Trinidadian restaurant just opposite me. Yeah. Shops in Hackney transform like every two weeks. There's like another, like something else takes over it. Gentrification, like, gentrification, friend. like they're reincarnated every two weeks. So I can't remember what it was called. What kind of food were you getting in there? Oh, what was I getting in there? Just. Oh, what did they do? Like, just like goat curry, mm. like rice and peas, like the patties were good. Dumpling. And what were the clientele like? Was it all like locals? Was it, it was all, all like locals. all the new, like the new, quote unquote, young hipster people coming? Like, what was the vibe with that? Yeah, that it was spot? all it was all locals. Yeah. It was very much like the old Hackney vibes. Yeah, and I loved Hackney because they embraced me really, like with open arms, like the community. But yeah, fair deal. Fair deals is a shop across the roads. I used to go there all the time. They used to like whenever I was, I was so skint when I moved down to London, and I never had money ever, and they were just like they would always like give me a discount or they'd always be like, don't worry about it, mate. Like on you go. Like they were just really, really, really sweet. That indigenous old school East London. Yeah. Warmth. Warmth. Like there was such a warmth there, I felt in Hackney when I was moving there by like the, yes, like you say, like the indigenous East Londoners. And talk, let's talk about nightlife because you mentioned your home life. You're living with four strangers. Mm-hmm. You're, you're minding your spices. You mind no one steals your, your damn food. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, I want to know about you just at night. Like, where were you going? Like, talk to me about your first kind of foray into London clubland. Yeah, and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, 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 But yeah, nightlife, <laughs> nightlife in London was another thing that I felt like I just need to live in this city, man, because 
it just the range of everything that you can do here is incredible. There was so many nights I used to go out on like Bootylicious, Scala. There was always like a bashment rave somewhere in Dalston. There was always some like dancehall rave somewhere going on in East London. Yeah, like those clubs, I feel like are just so special to London and just like what they represent as well. And I had never felt so like relatable to like the people around me. I was like, oh my God, I can really fully and truly connect to all this plethora of people around me in this like room. Like, do you know what I mean? We're all having it. We've all ha- we've got a shared experience. It was just amazing. Like, I feel like London is so good for that. Like yeah. you can find, you find it, no matter what your tribe is, you can find your tribe. Yeah, I wanted to ask more about that. How was it sort of finding your feet in London? Did you feel that immediate acceptance only in the club or was it outside of the club? I feel like everywhere in London, I felt like accepted. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like there's so many different types of people here that no one really bats an eyelid, in my experience anyway. I mean, of course, like, you know, you can find idiots anywhere, but like London just as a whole is very, just very accepting of who, whoever enters her doors. <laughs> sounds terrible. Um, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, that sounded beautiful in my head. It sounded poetic that in my head. <laughs> so I feel like London is very accepting of that. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, I felt very accepted down here and very much like I can just be. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, life has changed. I mean, sex education yeah. is a beast of a TV show. I mean, yeah. congrats, because people have fallen in love with Eric. Yeah. And I've been out with you, mm. you know, a few times and have seen how people react to you just casually in the street as the popularity of the show mm. was growing. So mm. are your experiences in the city mm-hmm. just completely different yeah. to how they were last year? I feel the answer is yes, but I want to know how so. Life is different now. life is different now I'm very much trying to still power on through with being normal and having a normal life but oh it gets difficult when you're in Tesco yeah and you're picking up like (laughs) you're picking up Sif or you're picking up like (laughs) fairy liquid for your auntie like Give him a a sponsorship, guys. I know, I know. There's obviously other washing washing liquids out there (laughs) but like they you know people are like coming to take pictures and stuff with you it's it's a lot like the energy when I leave my house is a lot and I guess it's just about adjusting it's just about adjusting and I feel like I'm trying to make that life adjust to me as opposed to me adjust to that life Mm -hmm. and I feel like I mean I could view it in a way that like oh everything is everything has changed and I need to now change but I feel like life is what you make of it and yeah just gonna try carry on being normal <laughs> you'll still see me at tesco oh, number you'll, still, five. <laughs> you'll still see me on the 243 to bruce grove like you'll still see me there but yeah i feel like again like <sighs> london like you just see so many different people in the streets like so many different people that it's just it's quite nice to have a chat with people as well because that's not something that happens a lot in london like people don't just stop and chat to whoever's next to them mm-hmm. and so like i could talk for england and so like when people turn around and start like chatting to me like I'm quite happy to have a chin wag and then I think it's quite nice because it normalizes 
me, maybe. I feel like people might have like this impression, like, oh my God, he's a Netflix star. And, mm. It's Eric. It's Eric. It's Eric. I'm like, you really do not need to be gassed. Like, there's nothing to be gassed over. Like, I'm just about to jump on the same bus with you. Like, Come on, sis. Let's talk. Let's talk talkings. <laughs> That's great. No, but it's, it's great that you can that you can still be like that because you know there's a lot of people you know have got public facing jobs who yeah. won't even get the tube anymore yeah. or, or get the bus anymore because a just out of a safety reason. Some of them are just too suspicious need to go over themselves. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but some of them is it is a safety is a safety issue. A safety know? reason. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, until something happens, I probably you'll see, you'll see me on the tube or on the bus. But you know, I lose a bit of weight for Eric. And so I'm skinny now, but I bench a lot. So try me. <laughs> <laughs> try me okay. today, okay? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know London's been been cute to you uh, for for the fashion weeks. Oh yeah. So you you've experienced your first fashion week, uh-huh. like business. Uh, How has that made you sort of view the city? <laughs> oh my god! Just like. This city, it's just amazing. Like, it's just such a hub of, like, creativity and, like, I just feel like it's the it girl of the moment. (laughs) London is, like, the it girl of the world. Like, everyone wants to be a lot, like... Okay, so, this fashion week, yeah, I met um, Billy Porter at the Roland Murray show, which was at the uh, Royal Academy of Arts, I think it was this year. And um, it was just, what a moment. It was a magical moment. It was a very magical moment and he was so lovely and he was so kind and he was just very like, just had such warm energy and I couldn't believe he knew who I was. I was going to say, did he know who you were? <laughs> so like, he, Amen. he, um, my friend who I was with, Rose Williams, a wonderful actress, was like, I, like, I really love Billy Porter. I want to go speak. I was like, I love him too. But like, she was like, she was scared to go and speak to him. And I was like, I love him too, but we're going to, we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. Double Come attack. On, like, double attack. Like, hold my hand. We're going to do this. And then he came over to me. Like he, I fell into his eyeline and he like kind of was trying to suss out who I was. And then he came over to me. And he was like, where? And he took my hand and he was like, where do I know you from? And I was so shook that I was like, I'm, I'm in a show called Netflix. <laughs> and then he was like, no, I know where I know you from. And then he was like, kind of screaming like he was like you're that amazing guy and then like gave me a big hug and I was like I was just like a deer in hell I couldn't believe what was going on I was like what's going on I was like nah life is just getting silly now I was like life is getting ridiculous (laughs) now like what the hell do you mean and the category is fanboy fanboy like we were fanboying girling everything over each other like he's just such a legend and an icon and the path that he has paved for actors such as myself characters yeah. such as Eric is incredible and he's like what he's doing is amazing and it was just such a lovely moment like but yeah and he just going back to my main point he loves London and I feel like everyone kind of loves London and it's just so creative at the moment and there's lots of things happening here fashion it just shuts London down the buzz the vibe just seeing people like so invested in this beast that is fashion week and like these designers that have been creating these lines for like like all the hard work that goes into creating these lines and then they get to show it and it's an incredible moment i've realized they're very um some of them can be quite emotional Mm -hmm. like quite emotional very like serious like it means a lot like fashion week is means a lot i feel it's quite like theater in a way isn't it yeah it is quite like theater Yeah. yeah it is 
if you were like mayor for a day, what would you want out of the city? What would I want out of the city? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I would want <laughs> for gentrification to stop happening. <laughs> speak, speak your truth. I would want it's for like space. I would want for like like um rent prices to be like affordable for people to afford because just before sex education I was going to move out of London I love London so much and it's like the place where my I felt like the only place where my career could really thrive the way I wanted it to but I was like I just can't afford to live here I can't afford to do it and I was going from job to job like I was going from theatre job to theatre job to theatre job I was booked and busy Mm -hmm. and it was peak trying to pay rent and trying to pay bills and then travel and then that's just to exist and then you've got food you've got to feed yourself you've got to clothe yourself you've got like it's expensive to live here and so i would try to like cap rent prices i feel like i would try and and, um i don't know what i could do but try help homeless situations like i don't know like these these towers that get built by money that comes from god knows where and like then they're just kept empty for like what for like investors and stuff and then like you've got homeless people on the street and i'm like you could turn that into some really great like affordable accommodation for homeless people but then also i would say that there needs to be a lot more ghanaian restaurants i love ghanaian food okay that's the right answer there needs to be a lot more talk to me talk to we me need to bring, we need to bring them in everywhere <laughs> we need to bring them into harris we need to bring them into knightsbridge we need to bring them piccadilly circus we need to bring them uh holborn we need to- <laughs> <laughs> I need to be everywhere. Every they need to be every. I'm, I'm so. That's one of the best things I've London, yeah, that has brought me is Ghanaian food. Don't you live with Ghanaians? I live with Ghanaians, well, yeah. Come on. Come My on. best friend is Ghanaian. I live with him and his mum. In Tottenham, obviously northeast London, it's got very high Ghanaian population. Yeah, it does. Like very high. Like every person I speak to on the street is Ghanaian. And it's just amazing. Like the food. You man's food, yeah. Oh, bang. Pretty decent. Oh, bangs. What? Kellywelle? Hey. Oh, Kelly. When I had Kellywelle for the first time, yeah, I just thought, no, life is over now. Like, it's not going to get much better. So it's not going to get much better. I mean, it could have said more going in restaurants. Yeah. Where are you eating, by the way, besides your besides your house where you live with your mate? and A, a sacrum. Oh, okay, where's that? A sacrum is on High Road, is it? High Road in Tottenham. And um, it's just amazing. The uncle there... He's just like, he's just, he treats us, just treats us really well and just like always knows what orders we want and just, ah, watchy. Mm. Oh my God, with stew. And what's, what's that seasoning? The yellow, is it Gary? Yeah, oh, the Gary, Gary's a sort of like, it's a sort of like flour, like the kind of grainy flour. Yeah. You can have it like, you can mix it with water and just eat it like raw. You can eat it raw. Like he sprinkles it on the watchy. It might be the Gary, yeah. Is it the Gary? Oh, bangs. It bangs. And um, what else is just, oh, Ghanaian food and just in general, it's just beautiful. I'm glad you're enjoying So social mobility uh-huh. and more Ghanaian food. More Ghanaian food. It's all you want. It's all I want. And more theatres and more money for the theatres. Do you know what? Let's talk, let's talk about that a bit more, actually. Your theatre experience in, Lon- in London, obviously, as, a, as an actor is something. Mm. But as a theatre girl, like, what do you love the most about going to a theatre in the city? Just how amazing it is. I feel like theatre in London is one of the best theatre scenes in the world. Like, I feel like only really rivaled by New York. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like, 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 you can get everything here. Like, from the fringe theatre, like, really gritty, 
plays like infringe to like the big West End shows. Like I just, I love it all and I try to see it all. And I feel like there's always something going on. Like there's always something going on. What's, like, your, what's your favourite theatre to go to? Could you name one? Like, It's really typical, but maybe the National. Just because of like, because it's National Theatre of Great Britain. Like they're obviously commissioning works from all over the UK. And so a lot, like the best of the best is coming down here. The National, I really, uh, the old Vic, ah, oh, oh, <laughs> old, oh, the young Vic though. <laughs> Young Vic, though. Maybe the, maybe the Young Vic. Let me All take right. it back. Let me rewind it. The Young Vic. The Young Vic. Just because I feel like they just, like... Uh, I mean, all theatres put on plays that really matter. But I just have such... Every play I've gone to see that, I'm like, I really enjoy this. And I really enjoyed the experience there. And I really enjoyed the crowd of people that go into the Young Vic. Because it's very eclectic. And, like, you just have like, you know, your older patrons, like younger people coming in. And like, again, the young Vic, like it's just very encouraging of young people coming to see theatre, which is very inspiring and good. My favourite fringe theatre, I would say is the Yard Theatre in Hackney Wick because it's just, Hackney Wick has just got, I just really like that community there. Very like, I feel like I'm in like Berlin somewhere. Like I feel like I'm in like, I don't know, East Berlin. It's all very cool. Everyone lives on a boat or in a warehouse. <laughs> like, and it's just like, just graffiti. Every, like everything is just being graffitied. And I'm like, it, it seems like, it feels like it's like a part of London that's just been left for the people to do whatever they want, but not in a like ghettoization type of way. And I kind of like, it's like a small piece of London where artists have just been allowed to like run wild. And that's the formation of what Hackney Wick is now. But yeah, the Yard Theatre puts on really, really great shows and um, very hard hitting, weird shows, but weird in a good way. Then maybe go Ronnie Scott's in Soho. Ronnie Scott's is a vibe and I would definitely recommend going there. It's a jazz bar in Soho that I, I just love. I'm obsessed with. You just go there. And... The music scene, yeah, in London is just beautiful. Oh, there's just great. Jazz. Camden's got a great jazz scene as well. Oh my god, you could go, you could do better things. You could go Camden, go see the market there, and just like chill out in Camden. Yeah, but I, or yeah, or go Ronnie Scott's. <laughs> nice. It just makes this you run... feel sexy going in there. Doesn't it, it? Ronnie Scott's makes yeah. you feel sexy. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Like. Everything is just like red and like the lights are like dim and it's got all the, you feel like you're in the 1920s yeah. somewhere like in a like, is that a speakeasy? Is that yeah, what they yeah, call yeah, it? Like yeah. in a speakeasy and like, oh, and the waiters are all dressed in like black with like red braces and it's just very like sh sharp and chic and it was elegant. It's a dark night. He walked into the bar. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's one of those ones. He Nat looked King around. Was <laughs> he ordered a dry martini and it's very like, very that kind of vibe. Oh, and maybe duck oh, and yeah. waffle. Duck and waffle. Ooh, I yes. mean, it's a bit like it's a it's a bougie thing, and like it's a little bit bougie. It's a little bit bougie, and and so like just but don't pay attention to the 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 bouginess. Like just go, the view of London in duck and waffle is mad, and so I would recommend going there just to kind of see the view. So you step out of Liverpool Street Station, mm. you do a little walk mm. and you get into the elevator, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And, and the elevator's like, um, you know, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, like the glass elevator just, pew! <laughs> so it, like, it's like, it's like that. It's literally like a roller coaster. 
Shitty Gatwa. Or Enchitty, as your mum likes to say. Enchitty. Um, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you oh, about this city we love. It's an honour, as always, 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 to talk to you and to bump into you. And um, I'll see you yeah. in the Victoria line. I'll see you in the Victoria line. <laughs> see you there. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to this city. Now, do take the recommendations seriously. And if you happen to go to any of the places mentioned, do let me know by posting a picture using the hashtag ThisCityPod and make sure you tell them who sent you. I mean, try and get a discount or something. Um, I've been your host, Clara Ampho. And if you are curious as to where else you can hear this podcast, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox. And if you like what you heard which I hope you did, uh, please rate, review and tell your friends. I mean, we do like five stars. We'll accept four, but five is the sweet spot. Thank you again. And this has been a Sony Music fourth floor creative production.